Hey guys, welcome to the UFC After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Um, I've got new faces and we've got a whole lot of new matches to discuss. We're talking UFC Fight Night 86, Rothwell versus Dos Santos, which came to us live this morning from Zagreb, Croatia. So stay tuned. Let's talk. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Dobara Veshi i Dobara Dolshi for all of our good friends out in Croatia. Jaytan here once again, of course, the UFC after show on AfterBuzz TV. And like I said, I got new faces here. George Hermosa is uh, on location cutting weight right now, so stay tuned for details on that. Uh, joining me in studio, however, uh, good friends here. The rookie of uh, the the rookie of the of the week, I should say, uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, new to the AfterBuzz team, and Vancouver ring announcer extraordinaire from uh, out of town, my good buddy Ryan Ventura. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How's it going? It's going great. The fights are great today. I'm really excited to get right into it. Cut the music. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's get into it. Um, Talk to us a little bit. Gabriel, this is your second show with AfterBuzz, I believe. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. I'm also on the, not UFC, I'm on the Rush Hour you After Show on, on Thursday night. Yes, I am on the UFC show tonight. Mm -hmm. um, you guys could also catch me on the Rush Hour After Show Thursday nights at 10 p.m. on AfterBuzz TV. Cool. And Ryan, so as I mentioned, ring announcer from Vancouver. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. What's... Uh, you're, you're a ring announcer for the biggest regional promotion up there, Battle. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, up in Canada, there's a promotion called the Battlefield Fight League. Mm -hmm. um, it's the elite promotion in the entire country. Um, we've had, uh, you know, numerous like ex UFCers come to town to fight for us, and like we've even had guys like um, uh, Matt Dwyer, who's like one of our like prize welterweight champions. He recently got cut by the UFC, unfortunately, mm. but he's fought, uh, you know, your very own Alan Joban. Yeah. So like, you know, we've had, uh, you know, a little bit of a tie-in between my province and your state, so it's cool. You know, years ago, I tried to book, uh, well, it's Seattle, not Vancouver, I suppose, but I was trying to book a local uh, fight team that I was managing down here versus uh, some of the guys from Pacific Northwest. I wanted to do like a five-on-five -five thing. Mm -hmm. Never materialized, so there's that. <laughs> but welcome. Um, obviously, we caught, uh, caught the UFC fight night uh, from Croatia earlier this morning. Um, headlined by Ben Rothwell and Junior Sigano, uh, Junior Dos Santos, excuse me. <laughs> um, heavyweight action almost uh, across the board for, for the main card. Um, what do you guys think? How was, uh, what do you think of the show overall? I really enjoyed it. I think that it was a very solid card as far as, um, you know, we had a, we saw a lot of new faces and I think it was a really great showcase for a lot of our Eastern European fighters on mm -hmm. the UFC roster. So I think that was very important. We know that the UFC is growing their fan base globally and I think that's why they showcase so many fighters that, you know, maybe we're not used to seeing on pay-per-view or on Fox. Yeah. But um, definitely the heavyweights brought it, especially in the main and co-main event. And then we also had some fun fights on the undercard. And it was actually the prelims that had the most finishes, which was really surprising. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I enjoyed the card personally. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm here on vacation. I have to, like, wake up super early to watch the prelims. <laughs> but it was a... Uh, it was worth every minute. I mean, uh, you know, we saw like a lot of like uh, older guys that like, you know, are, you know, kind of in the twilight of their career and like, you know, they got showed up by some younger guys and, mm -hmm. you know, in the main event, like, you know, there's a huge shift like in the rankings. So like, I'm curious to see what's going to happen after this event. Yeah. It struck me that it wasn't, I mean, 
I think the whole show in general was uh, really the highlight, the main draw. Mm -hmm. Really the only draw for me was Rothwell and Dos Santos. Yeah. Ben Rothwell really being on this uh, kind of a the precipice of getting a huge break in his career, more so than, than before, previous IFL world champion. The guy's ha had belts, but this recent uh, win streak we've seen of his has propelled him into the top five and mm -hmm. you know, it has become a new, new name to talk about in the heavyweight ranks. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, of course, himself, former UFC heavyweight champion, trying to, to get back that same momentum. Uh, of of justifying his place in the top five, and and this was kind of a question to see um, who is going to do that. Um, as we we were talking a little bit earlier, um, once you've got once we've gone past Cain Velasquez as a uh, as a top contender deserving of an immediate title fight, it's really opened up the heavyweight ranks, yeah, you know, yeah, and now we've got more guys to talk about, and of course, Verdum defending against Stipe Miocic, which I think is, is a fascinating match, uh, yes. technically speaking. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot else to this card on paper, and yet it delivered. Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of get nervous when you see a card stacked right, up and yeah. down with heavyweights, but some really good action, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's run down, I'm going to run down the... Uh, uh, the main card, real quickly here, just uh, so we have you know kind of a, a basis. Uh, the card opened up uh, women's strawweight with uh, Maria Moroz defeating Christina Stasiu by decision across the board. I want to talk about that because I had some reservations yeah. about that one. Uh, Jan Blakowicz over Igor Pokryk um, by decision as well. Timothy Johnson defeating Martian Tibera, uh, unanimous decision. Then we got into the finishes here. Uh, mm -hmm. Francis Ngannou over Curtis Blades by um, the doctor by, stoppage. by doctor stoppage. Yeah, round two. I was going to say not not an action stoppage per se. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Blades, of course, former uh, AfterBuzz go uh, guest here. So uh, shout out to him and you know fast healing on that uh, on that eye there, buddy. Yeah. Derek Lewis in the co-main event over Gabriel Gonzaga, TK uh, a KO in the first, yes. which I thought probably should have been. Uh, Recorded as a TKO because um, I don't think he exactly went out yeah. per se, mm -hmm. um, but uh, and then yeah, it was a solid finish, you know. Yeah, but I, yeah I guess you could, you know it, it's in that gray area. But the fact you know it, it was just fight stoppage. It wasn't like he got up rather quickly on that one. I have no problem with the stoppage as yeah. well. I just don't think that it was a KO, K clean uh, KO. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree yeah. with you, but like you know, this is not like the first time that Gabriel Gonzaga has been uh, you know knocked like TKO'd cold. Uh, he needs to like go back to the drawing board and figure mm -hmm. himself out from here. Yeah. yeah. In the main event, of course, Junior Dos Santos going five rounds with Ben Rothwell. Um, boy, that I mean, <laughs> when we're talking about a uh, when we're talking about questioning who's the guy that's going to maintain his claim to be in the top five. There was no question about that one. Absolutely. The scores across the board, fifty to forty-five. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of what, what do you make of this? Uh, the, the main event, how it played out. Ben Rothwell. Uh, we didn't see the Ben Rothwell that we've seen in the past several fights. Um, what uh, What would you think of the the fight in general, stylistically, and what do you think went wrong exactly? Right. Well, I think they touched on it. Ben Rothwell was the bigger athlete out there. You know, he gave up or Dos Santos gave up about 20 pounds to him. So mm -hmm. you expected maybe Rothwell to push him a little more, use his size more. But what we saw was a very educated, very uh, 
disciplined Junior Dos Santos. He used his boxing. He found his mark. I don't think he really missed the body shot all night, and that right. was really a key mm -hmm. to his victory. Mm -hmm. And as far as Rothwell, it looked like this. He was just a step behind Junior's speed, and Junior took a full advantage of that. And all night, he just found his mark, and that's what gave him the victory. Yeah. Well, totally. Like, uh, you know, those consecutive body shots that Junior was landing, like, you know, you could tell, like, as the fight went on, like, you know, Rothwell was starting to wear down. He just started to get slower and slower. And, like, you know, Junior just picked him apart from all angles and started throwing spinning back kicks to him. And, you know, Rothwell had no answer for him. All Rothwell was doing was trying to stalk him, use his Frankenstein stance and right. move forward. And that wasn't happening for him, man. Junior was just hitting him from left, right, front, center, whatever, man. He hit him everywhere. It felt to me just on paper and I haven't watched any uh, post fight interviews or anything to to hear his input but it wasn't uh, we didn't see Bren, Ben Rothwell kick in like we normally have mm -hmm. um, as, as I was mentioning when we were watching it it seemed like it's very strange he's always been an orth unorthodox fighter but it was a strange very squared off zombie stance or even yeah, Frankenstein. Frankenstein he just kind of came yeah. in and I thought that it <laughs> Probably threw JDS off guard a little bit, like he kind of had to re recalibrate and get the, get the pace. But boy, after the second, probably the second round, or even by the third, JDS really found his pace and was, uh, you know, knew knew the rhythm. Real quickly here, um, I, I want to continue the conversation, but uh, sure. in the chat room here, of course, uh, our other guests don't want to forget them. This being an interactive interactive show as it is, Nelly Gonzalez is in there. River. Tucaro, he says, great fight in the main event. Uh, Aaron Gray, boxing clinic by Dos Santos, and oh, Eric Clark uh, is in there as well. Guys, these are all uh, new names. Welcome to the show. Throw us some questions, give us some opinions. Let's talk all together. And of course, Chief Cornerman Joe Boza is in the house. Mm -hmm. Thought JDS did enough to win. Well, yeah, of course he did. Duh. Yeah. 50-45 across the board. <laughs> um, three in the three in his last six. I think Ben was nervous because he wanted to impress Dana to be in line for a title shot. Nobody got fight of the night, thought Ben versus JDS should have. Interesting thought. Okay, yeah. so we I've talked about this with uh, George and uh, past hosts as well about what's the definition of fight of the night, and it is worthy of talking and reporting. Mm -hmm. Performance bonuses went to Derek Lewis, uh, Tysimov, uh, Jared Canoni. Oh, gosh. Canonier. Canonier. Thank no, you very much. Yes, well see. done. And Alejandro Perez. Uh, I believe all with first or second round finishes. No fight of the night uh, performance or no fight of the night bonus. Mm. Do you guys think what is your definition of fight of the night? And to that end, did Rothwell and Sigano deserve fight of the night? Because there was interesting action there. Mm. I personally don't think there really was one. The what I would consider fight of the night, you know. When you're at a UFC card live or even watching on TV, there's always that one fight, whether it's the one you expect or you don't, that really provides that excitement. It gets the juices going, especially when you've had maybe a few decisions, maybe a few <laughs> quick finishes where you don't really have that buildup. So I think the fight of the night is the one that really delivers on that for the fans. Mm -hmm. And even though the card, yeah, we did have the stoppage by Derek Lewis. We did have um, Dos Santos put on a great clinic. There just wasn't that fight that just got the people really going. And I think that's why there was no fight of the night on this particular card. Yeah. What well, do you think, Ryan? Well, for me, like a fight of the night is like a technical, you know, no, or not even not necessarily a technical back and forth 
equal matchup. Like, you know, you can watch Korean Zombie versus... Uh, um, who's who did he fight Leonard in WC? Garcia. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard Garcia. Garcia. You yeah. watch their first fight, not a whole lot of technique, but complete back and forth from round one's to three. You know, yeah. you watch like uh, Edgar Maynard two, complete back and forth. Like to me, that's what defines like a fight in the night where both guys both bring their A games, put everything on the line, and you know, I mean. Uh, I don't think in this card, like, not saying that anyone put everything on the line, but it just wasn't like that. Right. Yeah. It was absolutely one-sided. Um, what's... I, I generally agree with you guys. I like it when it's that 51-49 split mm-hmm. in terms of who, who might have won. A split decision oftentimes... Well, m- no, much like a split decision can be a great match yes. mm-hmm. because it sounds like it's that close. Mm-hmm. It can also be a really shitty match because... Neither guy necessarily did anything, and that's certainly not the case uh, tonight. You know, Junior Dos Santos uh, was was in the zone, rocking and rolling for sure. Um, ben didn't get off, but yet, yet and still, it was a fascinating match to watch. I was proverbially speaking on the edge of my seat, mm-hmm. waiting for Ben to to open up and and to see something different. And it looked like he was uh, hunting a lot. He was looking for. He was throwing the the overhand right. A lot looking to just you know kill with one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, never found its mark on JDS and JDS nope, not even was. Close. Yeah, it was the lack of he didn't device uh, diversify his striking. You know, he was <laughs> no. the bigger man. He has thrown leg kicks in the past, and if we're being honest, Junior was very flat-footed. You know, he got in and out, but when he was throwing combinations, Ben mm-hmm. was in that range to throw leg kicks, and I think that the body shots were part of it. I think Sagano's speed was part of it, mm-hmm. but he really didn't take advantage of that size and length advantage that he did, and yeah. I think that's why he became so one-dimensional in the fight. Talking about Junior or Ben? No, the ben. Ben, okay. Yeah, the only time we really saw Ben really have that effectiveness was when he was pushing the pace, was when he was trying to really get Sagano against the cage. Yeah. However, they just came so infrequently. When they were in the middle of the cage, we saw that Junior Dos Santos, yes, he had that speed, but Ben really wasn't trying to push the tempo or yeah. really put together too many combinations. Mm-hmm. He was, as we discussed, he was going for one or two big punches. He was going for the knockout where he could have, he had a lot of different options out there. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like. For as much as Ben, his strategy seemed to be just yes. running in and blitzing, yes. he wasn't doing that in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the cage, as yes. you said. And, and once Junior got out of the way, he didn't adjust and, and find a way to cut off the cage yeah. to mm-hmm. prevent Junior from doing that, mm-hmm. which surprised me because when you choke out Josh Barnett, you're on point. Yes. You can catch yes. a guy, you know? Yeah, easily. I was uh, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't didn't seem to want to to clinch or grapple with uh, with JDS. And he should have. He should have taken advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the few leg kicks he threw, he threw them heavy, and you could see them buckle Junior. They mm. visibly slowed him down and made him hesitate when he came in to throw more punches. And I just mm-hmm. don't know why he didn't throw more of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric Clark is asking us here now who would fight uh, JDS next. Mm. Uh, Joe Boza suge- suggests the winner, I believe the winner, of uh, Overeem and uh, Arlovsky, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, before, what's that, coming up in May, I believe? Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah. yeah uh, Ty- Tyron Woodley alluded to that on the Fox Sports 1 after mm-hmm. show, too, if I'm not mistaken. Top, uh, it's, do we have Kane booked yet? Yes, 200 against Travis Brown. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Okay, so I'm looking at the top five here in the rankings. Um, 
Of course, JDS is number five. Uh, Rothwell was number four. That will obviously flip. Yep. Uh, Stipe mm-hmm. is number two and gets a title shot very soon. Kane, number one. As you said, he's fighting Travis Brown. Um, Overeem and Arlovsky. What do you, what do you like better? Um, the, the winner, I'm talking about for JDS, okay. facing either uh, oh, the winner of Arlovsky, Overeem, or Kane, Travis Brown. How close Ooh. is he is JDS to that title shot. He needs one more win. He needs another sure. big win. But sure. like the thing is like if Kane can beat Travis Brown, do you really want to see uh, another fight between JDS and Velasquez? Like do you want to see the fourth fight? Maybe I kind of mm. do. Are <laughs> <laughs> we kidding? Right? Because like, cause like part no, two true. and three, it was like, you know, a complete beatdown. Like yes. Velasquez, like, you know, like destroyed Junior's face and, you know, like changed his career. Like after like yeah. the third fight, Junior was never the same. Right? Is so, he never the same, or did we see a new, somewhat returning JDS? I mean, he was smart. He, he looked smart. He was effective, yeah. right? He, yeah. he looked pretty afterwards. Mm-hmm. He didn't take much punishment, right? Mm-hmm. Well, also uh, keep in mind that JDS, he's been out pretty much a year with injury. You know, mm-hmm. he took a year off after the third fight with Kane. He fought Stipe Miocic, and he won that Controver- fight. Controversial. Controversially, yeah. yes, he did, yeah. you know. And then we saw him against Overeem. He wasn't his best that night. And, no, you know, that's a big... I think that was also a stylistic matchup as much as, you know, Overeem's skill set. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we haven't seen JDS that much. And if you think about it, this is really the most we've seen of him in about two years. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. big layoff point, for a guy, uh, you know, who's only 32. I mean, there was certainly no ring roster, as no. I like to say, cage rust, None. against a guy who proverbially has a rocket ship up his butt. With, with great momentum, you yeah. know. He squashed that, and um, it's safe to say JDS is back, you know. Yes. Also, a big thing, his cardio. One of those biggest things that he was criticized against with Velasquez was yes. the fact that he gassed out very early on. True. That was five solid rounds against a bigger athlete, and JDS looked sharp and looked like he was ready to go for at least three more rounds. He just looked a lot more mobile and more compact in this fight. Like, if you look at, like, a... The third fight when he fought Velasquez and Velasquez was just taking down JDS at will. It's because like JDS gassed out because he was trying to swing for the fences. He kept trying to knock Velasquez out, but instead he ended up gassing out and he spent most of the fight on the ground getting beat. Mm-hmm. Right? And like this fight he looked super compact, super crisp. Like he was able to circle out of the way and be out of danger. Uh, it's gonna be interesting seeing him going forward. So Definitely. which of those four guys do you think um, would would be a one for for JDS next because we'll obviously see I feel like we're going into a couple months where we're going to see some great heavyweight action that will kind of hit the restart button clear the board and we'll have some very interesting uh, engagements to do to look into after early July once Kane fights Um, what do you think uh, how do you think things play out I actually think, uh, believe it or not, it's uh, all on Cain Velasquez. I think that mm. if Cain Velasquez wins, he still has enough interest that he's going to get the next title shot anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. JDS has the big advantage that he's beaten both of the guys coming up fighting for the title. He obviously knocked out Verdum years ago, but mm-hmm. that's still one Verdum has stated he wants back. Mm-hmm. And he's the last guy to beat Miocic. So being in that position is pretty good considering how often guys at the top of the heavyweight division get mm. injured. You know, he's True. in a really good spot for that yeah that said I feel Sit like back and watch uh, watch something happen right yes mm-hmm. that said Velasquez I feel like if he's successful against Brown he gets the nod if it's Brown I feel like JDS could jump in line and maybe Brown fights someone you else do JDS do you do JDS versus Brown for the title match you know what 
I'm not sure, because I feel like there are two guys that the UFC would want to... They're trying to set it up. Yeah. I feel like if Brown were to win, then JDS, he'd probably fight against the winner of uh, Arlovsky and Overeem. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. And then you book Brown for, for a title match. Against the loser, Verdum Miocic. You know, to for to get himself moved up. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. Moving on, uh, Der- in the co-main event, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast versus Ooh. Gabriel Napal Gonzaga. Um, Ryan, you alluded a little bit earlier. You felt like Gabriel Gonzaga is kind of seen as uh, yeah, seen as better like, days. I mean, um, I mean, like to get like in the first round, like Gonzaga did pretty good for himself. Like you know, he scored the takedown, got side control, managed mm-hmm. to get his back, but. Lewis, you can't let a guy like Lewis get on the feet and like, yeah. you know, after like, you know, Lewis like pushes him up, up against the cage and the exchange, like Gonzaga goes down and it's not the first time it's happened, man. It's numerous times it's happened yes. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, uh, wh- wh- what's his record right now? I'm not quite sure. But Derek I, Lewis? Uh, no, uh, sorry, Gabriel Gonzaga. Uh, I believe it was close to like 15 and 10. 15 and Something 10. as such like that. I believe I'm not... 15? No, 17 and 11. I, I sit corrected. Nine of the 11 losses he has are by TKO and KO. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are all recent, like, TKOs and KOs. Um, yeah. You know, he, he might be on the chopping block next, yeah. I and think. The, keep in mind, this is also his second stint in the UFC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I can't remember when, well, but he did... After one of his losses, you know, I believe it was to Shane Carwin, he was really on that downward skid. He came back and won a few... But he's, once again, he's having that up-and-down success in the UFC right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he's not a spring chicken either. He's like mm-hmm. 36 years old. He's been in the game for a long time, fighting pro since 2003. Yes. Um, you know, it might be, like, time. He might either get cut or get, put get like, you know, signed by another promotion. Or, like, you know, he might go to somewhere like Bellator or might go back to Brazil. Who knows? Yes. Right? I'm looking at the bottom half of the... Uh well, the 10 through 15 of the heavyweight rankings. And it's really interesting. You've got a couple of guys, younger guys coming up. Well, younger, but uh, Stefan Struve, Alexei Oliniak, Ruslan Magomedov. Mm. Um, I know Stefan Struve has kind of seen some of his better days as well, though yeah. he's you know young but taking, taking a lot of shots. Then you've got oh, yeah. some older guys like Bigfoot Silva, Roy Nelson, Frank Mir. We'll get into him later. <laughs> yeah. uh, Josh Barnett, Mark Hunt. Derek Lewis came out calling for a top 10 guy, maybe a top 15 guy. Um, you, you think you get him in? I feel like you know, looking at, at those rankings, we probably start to talk about booking him against uh, some of the other uh, older, more established veterans, like the guys I just rattled off. Yeah. He did, and actually Roy Nelson called him out on Twitter after the fight. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Roy Nelson, who's ranked number 11 right there in that top 15, said, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations, Derek. You know, my next opponent. So I <laughs> I feel like, you know, hey, it's Roy happened. Roy Nelson be- knows a guy. It's <laughs> happened before. You know, I really think we're going to see Lewis against uh, Roy Nelson, and I think that's a great matchup stylistically, too. It's a great possibility, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think, uh, I'm just it's occurring to me, I, I was going to ask, don't you think that Roy Nelson's grappling and jiu-jitsu threatens Derek Lewis quite a bit? But oh, then yeah. again, wasn't Definitely. that the same question we just asked or proposed of of Gigi? 
Gabriel Gonzaga. Which, yeah. by the way, you're going to get stuck with that if you haven't already. You know what? Uh, every time nickname, I, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> every time I've ever done anything and tried to Google myself to see if it ever comes up somehow, here's the first thing that comes up. Because you type my name, Gabriel Gonzalez. That's about 10 letters. Right. That And... All you do, and Gabriel Gonzaga comes up. Yep, yeah. and like all of his pictures, and it's like, you know, I got work to do. Gabriel he's had Gonzalez, a lot of fights. Gabriel Gonzaga, and yes. Gordon Gecko, <laughs> <laughs> and Gorgeous George. That's yeah. true, man. You're so, in very bizarre company. I'll say know, that with the nomenclature. Yeah. Even when I, you know, as a sports writer too, which is my other job, you know, you try typing that in it. Gabriel Gonzalez, UFC. His mm-hmm. picture is still all that comes up. So, you know. Hmm. I mean, good for him. I mean, he's fought for the title. But, uh, right. and, you know, I need a, what's it called? A Pulitzer or something to finally <laughs> knock him off the top search on Google. Well, the one thing, like you were saying, was like uh, Gonzaga's like, biggest threat to... Uh, um, the gentleman they just fought tonight. What was the name again? Derek Lewis. Yeah, Derek Lewis. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's um, all good. You know, like uh, the biggest thing, like his his threat against Gonzaga was like you know the black belt in jujitsu. Ray Nelson has that black belt, but even at his advanced age, he still has that chin. He's mm-hmm. taking like the best shots from some of the best guys. It took a little bit for Mark Hunt to put him down and walk off on him. Yeah. Like I think like you know Roy Nelson could still take a few shots from Derek Lewis. He could. Yeah, he's uh, definitely way more durable than, yeah, um, totally. the, than Gabriel Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Roy Nelson, if Derek Lewis is the match where Roy Nelson's chin becomes not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Given age yeah, and the yeah. more that yeah. you, you take those shots, it's uh, that damage is, is um, what's the word, um, cumulative. Yeah. That's right. You don't hit the restart button with each match. You carry that into the cage with yeah, you. Yes. Especially at his time. age. Yeah. You know, he's not, you know, I mean, yeah, he doesn't, he has that image, but the fact is, you know, he isn't, you know, one of the younger guys in that division. Right. Especially yeah. now, you know, Mark Hunt did a number on him. I mean, you know, you know when Mark Hunt hits you, that mm-hmm. you know, you've got to recover from that. You don't just take another fight three weeks later. you got to take a long few years off like look what he did to Stefan Schroof after he broke his orbital yeah. bone like right. we didn't see him yeah. for a while and then, he broke the jaw clean in half on that one that too yeah. yeah the next match uh, the previous match that rather Francis the Predator Predator Nganu versus Curtis Razor Blades Curtis Blades uh, I can tell you is a guy that they had a lot they earmarked for, for a lot of potential kind of as a like a heavyweight I don't want to go so far as to say a heavyweight Sage Northcutt because that's a really weird comparison visually. (laughs) However, that said, a lot was expected of Curtis Blades. Uh, He was previously in the RFA for one single match. Um, They were having a very tough time. I remember talking with the uh, uh, the PR guy there. Uh, They were having a really tough time booking matches for Curtis. They couldn't get anybody to, to stick. Uh, a lot of dropouts, and then they got the one match. And, and the buzz on him at the time was he'd probably get a match in, in the RFA, and as long as he wins it, probably be UFC-bound. You know, okay. That has happened. Uh, he went in undefeated here. Came up against, though, a, uh, a tough competitor that had oh, yeah. his number in terms of the stand-up and striking. Oh, um, yeah. Blades, Blades comes from a, uh, from a wrestling background, but you mm-hmm. know, was nice on the feet and with the hands. But Francis Ngannou... Landed that uh, I believe it was a left that he was opening up. Uh, you know, started puffing up Blade's eye mm-hmm. in the first and the second. Again, yeah. we said it was in the second round. He hit yeah, that big yeah. shot that closed the eye. The mm-hmm. match uh, match finished more due to well, specifically due to doctor stoppage yes. as opposed to any uh, any action and succumbing big razor blades. What do you think though of Ngannou? This is the second time in in the UFC for him. 
really big, strong-looking dude, huh? Yes. Mm -hmm. Feel like he's got a lot of a lot of potential there. Certainly on the feet. I, uh, hey, Joe Boza, real quick uh, homework assignment for you. Mm -hmm. Tell me, confirm for me if uh, Francis Ngannou. I feel like. He had a, 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 a kickboxing background. I kept looking for for a lot of info on his kickboxing background, but I, I think didn't you come and I were hand. talking about this when watching the fights today. Uh, he's kind. He kind of reminds me of like a little bit of a Czech Congo mm -hmm. type of guy, yes. right? Mm -hmm. like, That's a uh, great comparison. Like very yeah. uh, very technical guy. Very technical guy. He's a lot younger than Congo, so like you know, there's more potential for him. But he looks super crisp with his striking today. He kept landing mm -hmm. that right straight in the second. That eventually, like you said, closed his yeah. eye, mm -hmm. right? Too early for Derek Lewis's versus uh, Francis Ngannou. Am I barking mm. up the wrong I tree there? I think so. Yeah, I think so. That'd be, yeah. that'd be fun. Lewis looks. Uh, you know, we need to see just how diverse his game is. You know, so far we've seen. Um, you know, we know he's tough and we know he hit. He's got heavy hands, but I think uh, Ngannou, maybe just a step ahead of him right now in the rankings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. checking in the chat room again. Uh, Nelly Gonzalez says that she wants to see she or he. It's Come she. On, yes. she. Uh, yeah, uh, give me the... of, I, that's my family. That's my lovely Getting mother the watching. Thank inside you word for tuning here in. On that one. Nelly would like to see <laughs> Lewis versus Nelson. You're just agreeing with your son. Come on. And you know what? That's a good fact, though. If it happens, you need to, yeah. you know, you need to acknowledge that on the next show. My mom watches the show, too, so I really can't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't call her out too much. I understand that. And props to you, Mom, for supporting. Both of you, Nelly and Carol. Uh, going on, though, Joe Boza here is checking in. Uh, Derek should at least be number 15 in the rankings when it's updated Tuesday. Yeah, I'd agree okay, with that one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, this was a real quick turnaround for Curtis. He fought at RFA 35 on February 15th, 16th. Won in 41 seconds in round three via TKO. But we still don't know about Mr. Ngannou. Uh, doing the research, as I probably should have this week. <laughs> I'm we're, slacking here. We'll, we'll be learning more about him after a performance like that, you know. We're going to see more of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else stick out to you guys on on the undercard here? The the women's match in particular. Um, I, I do want to briefly talk about that. Uh, women's straw straw weight. Yeah. Marina, uh, Marina, Marina Moroz. Marina Moroz versus Christina Stansu. 30-27 across the board for Marina Moroz. You, you had it differently. I agreed with the judge's decision. Me. You agreed with it? Yes. You okay. know what? I, I give Stanchu credit. It wasn't, you know, it was a legit 10-9 round. It was competitive. It's not like Moreau's Which one just... Was? Uh, all of them. You know, right. it's not like Moreau's just bulldozed her for three rounds. They were competitive. But mm -hmm. when I broke it down, yes, round one, Stanchu had the aggressive start. Yeah. Moreau's, though, she found that... She found top control. She held on to it for most of the round. Mm -hmm. And she was still holding her own in the stand-up. So, yeah, that's a legit 10-9. It was a similar case in the second and third round too. Mm. Stanchu, yes, she. It's not like she was just bullied by Moroz, but Moroz right. did what she had to to win each round for, you know, straight thirty twenty seven. I don't know about that because in the first round, um, the aggression from Stanchu coming out, and um, I, I do understand about kind of uh, you know stealing around right. potentially in the eyes of the judges, which is kind of a theory. I'm sure it happens. We're all human. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see, to me, again, we've talked about it in the, in the past, uh, the, the criteria for, for scoring right. is effective grappling and, and striking. Um, to me, the, grap the striking was, was pretty even, even... Um, I, I'd argue that Stancio was, you know, landing a little bit better. No, and I give you that. Definitely. All all rounds were close to me, um, but Stancio, I felt like she was more aggressive and more effective with her striking. Uh, sorry, 
grappling uh, in the first. She uh, yeah. came in with a flurry and cage clinch, uh, threatened, had a guillotine choke, and then from there went to leg lock. Um, Morose did get her back and threatened with a rear naked choke in the first, but I didn't feel like she was anywhere near as close to finishing Stensio as Stensio was with her submissions. Uh, the third round, second round, you know, I, I actually it was tough to, tough for me to score. I don't think I did put uh, uh, put a score down here. Uh, and then the third round, you know, Stancio's striking was was good. Morose had an armbar threat, you know, but again, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was weird position. They were they were working for it, but um, I, I can see it, that it was an awkward round. Definitely, yeah. you know, it, was she ever in trouble? No, but it was still it was in that position that it did more that it wasn't going to warrant a stand-up, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to finish the fight. Morose's armbar attempt, she just didn't have the right position. Mm-hmm. What was your take on that, Ryan? I think that fight looked a lot closer, like, you know, than they scored it, actually. Than what it's 30-20. Yeah. yeah, and that's such a tricky thing with the scoring. Yeah. Um, it is somewhat a, a sign of how much we need some uh, reformation with uh, with scoring. Um, that thirty twenty seven sounds like across the board she got her ass kicked, and it really yeah, wasn't. But it wasn't. No. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't an ass kicking at all. Like it mm-hmm. was. It looked a lot closer than it really was. I think. Yeah, definitely. Joe Boza says here Marina did enough. Uh, did enough to bounce back when she lost to Valerie Letourneau at fight night twenty seventy four. I had it twenty nine twenty eight. I gave Christina round one. Yeah, my man. I agree mm-hmm. with you completely. I agree there. With that one yeah. Too. Uh, cool. Any other thoughts on the the match itself or the show rather? I think as far as the card, you know, the heavyweight fights we talked about, they are up and down. I do want to touch on Moroz real quick that um, mm-hmm. at 24 years old and, you know, we learn more about her obviously watching the fight. She's a coach with the, I, know, I don't want to mess it up because Stancio is Romanian, Moroz is national... Ukrainian. Yes. Yeah, the coach of the women's uh, boxing team. That's mm-hmm. a big point. And also, I feel like Moroz, she's one of those dark horses in the division she's very young a similar mm-hmm. to a page van zandt in that way that she's mm-hmm. got a lot of room to grow and i'm really excited to see who they're going to pair up with her next i'd like to see her fight one of the top five like a michelle watterson or jessica penne oh, yeah, and i think fun. that would be a great fight and i feel like we're going to see her out there against you know one of the top names if she continues on this pace right fair enough yeah. um ben or, sorry ben <laughs> <laughs> Live internet, guys. No problem. My man Ryan, overall thoughts on the show? Um, I thought the show was uh, pretty solid for what it was. I mean, like, uh, to be honest with you, initially when I was watching the card, I didn't really expect too much outside of the main event. Mm-hmm. But I think it exceeded my initial expectations, and for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, the first thing that I saw, like, this morning, I think it started at 7.30 a.m. Pacific. Yes. I woke up, and, like, the first thing that I saw was the first round finish by uh, uh, Jared Canier. Canier? Do- Canonier. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Let's not uh, let's not me- be remiss on that one. Jared uh, Canonier. Canonier over yeah. uh, Cyril Asher. The ki- the killer gorilla. Now that's a nice. That, that's a pretty cool nickname. Yes. And like you know, he uh, he dropped his opponent uh, with a left hook, and it was a thing of beauty. Um, you know, it's his first fight in the UFC. I'm curious to see what else you know he has next in in his plate. And. Uh, it was a good finish. Very good finish. Definitely. That was a nice debut for him. I remember I notes here because I. It was early in the morning. That was before I had my coffee. Yeah, it was the, it <laughs> in, was... in my defense, guys, that, that wasn't that one didn't stick with me too much. But uh, I did note Canonier Con- mentioned that he was planning on dropping the two hundred five. Also, that uh, it, he struck me as very in the post fight interview, really engaging, 
um, articulate, which I say not in any kind of demeaning way. He he had a very interesting and, and sharp insight into analyzing his own uh, in, in analyzing his match. Mm. Now, granted, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, whole lot of time that he spent in there. I don't think he yeah. took much damage, mm-hmm. but dropping down the two hundred five um, impresses me as somebody that they could really get behind and build. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him again for sure. And I would hope that they would book him pretty, uh, not throw him to the wolves yeah. in yeah. terms of booking him. Because I think that there's somebody there that if you build him correctly, uh, you could do a lot with him. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a great start. I mean, first round knockout, and you can't get much better than that for mm-hmm. your UFC debut. Yeah. 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 And he got that bonus, too. Yes, he did. He was one of the four. four they like him, clearly. Yeah, five. Mm-hmm. So, moving from today in Zagreb, Croatia to the rest of the card um the, the rest of the i want to say the rest of the season um <laughs> you know much. it's been three weeks since we've done this show but in that time especially this week there has been headlines galore a lot of new matches to talk about a lot of changes going on um a couple months uh, probably about a month ago ufc came out with the unstoppable campaign <laughs> there there are events going on from april through june of course leading up to ufc 200 which is uh, was it july 9th in uh, it was the first one of of july this year yeah. um so we've got this buildup of of great great cards and and fantastic matches coming up and all of a sudden, we, we've already got a whole bunch of changes going on here. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we've got next week. Is that right? Yes. Unless I wrote it down. Yeah, next week. Yeah, so Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov is now Allowed. changed. Yeah. yeah, now changed to Rashad Evans versus uh, Glover Teixeira. Of course, Rashad Evans originally supposed to get uh, scheduled Shogun. to fight Shogun Hua as well. Uh, so that that card has switched around. Nurmagomedov, I believe, is fighting newcomer. He's fighting a new guy. Darnell Horcher. Darnell Horcher. Twelve and yeah. one. It's a three rounds match. On top of that. Mr. John Jones and Mr. Daniel Cormier. That rematch has switched up. Um, where where do we start with that? Well, let's, let's run down real quickly the other stuff, because that is sure. the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, Daniel Cormier out, of course, with injury, and John Jones a brief threat to the match itself for uh, for legal implications. But now John Jones versus Ovin St. Prue for the light heavyweight, UFC light heavyweight title. Uh, what else? We got Chris Cyborg making her UFC debut. All in time. The, That's going to be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting uh, catch weight. Stacking up UFC 198 in Brazil versus Leslie Smith at 140. That only I think adds to the oomph of that that card. That's a chunky card itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy Donald Cerrone, one of our absolute favorites here at the studio, versus Patrick Cote on June 18th, That's Fight Night great 88. Fight. Great yep. Fight. Uh, you're getting that up in the Great White North. Yep. yep. And uh, who else was that? What was it? Oh, Misha Tate and Amanda Nunes. Amanda second, Nunes. Uh, no, thir- excuse me. Well, second title fight, but three, count them three, five rounders for UFC 200 in Vegas in July. All right. What do you make about these changes? It's like w- you put in the ingredients and all of a sudden you got to throw in a few more. Oh, man, it, the fight game, huh? Yes. Yeah, well, not necessarily the fight game, but the MMA game. Like, yeah. you know, it's like in the last few years, like we've seen like main event matches like change 
quite often it's be- unfortunately become the normal thing to happen and mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that uh daniel cormier is injured i wanted to see that fight with john jones again yeah um you know it's really disappointing to see like these fights back like you know get canceled what's uh yeah. what's the biggest disappointment or loss for uh in in you guys opinion what matches the biggest uh the biggest loss for for the respective card I think that one is straightforward is uh, losing Daniel Cormier. Jones, I mean, uh, Cormier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. OSP, you know, he's uh, he's been doing all right, but he has had those losses against Glover Teixeira and Ryan Bader, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, I, they, I saw an infographic that, you know, OSP was the only top 10 guy left who was neither booked or yeah, injured. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, okay, I, it makes sense how they picked, you know, his name out of the hat to fill in mm-hmm. against John Jones. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a big grudge match. That was one, you know, who is the real champion. We've obviously seen Daniel Cormier improve so much since the fight with Jones, but yet the fight with Jones was so one-sided, I feel like, that Mm -hmm. you have everything you need for a great rematch that is going to do well again, and you lose all of it. But you know that you're going to get that match. We're all going to get that match. Jones-Cormier 2 will happen. Eventually. Yeah. Everybody wants it, including both fighters. Um, And it will essentially be a title versus title unification match at that point. I got to say, I was a little bit more hurt to see Ferguson and Nurmagomedov fall off the card. That was going to be a good one, too. It really was. Tony Ferguson has been earmarked as one of my guys to watch, I think, last year and, and this year. Uh, to watch for now. Granted, it's just a, it's a brief, um, a brief injury, if you will. He's not going to be out for too long. Nurmagomedov uh, fighting a three rounder against a, a new uh, new guy. I think I, I feel it's a little bit, you know, just to keep Nurmagomedov. Um, yeah. He's on the a, card, he's been on a two-year absence too, so yeah. he was yeah. like, "Hey, I, I want to fight. It doesn't yeah. matter who." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that that one. Yeah, I mean that changes the whole. Uh, it, it really changes the the complexion of that show to me because we're talking about now the main event is Glover uh, Glover Teixeira and Rashad Evans. Underneath that, you got Dan Henderson, Leon Machida. Um, I don't know that. I mean that one-two punch as a main and co-main is a bit more. Um, bit more for for casual audiences that recognize those names more yes. so than really having any oomph or um, or direct effect to the uh, to their respective weight classes and, and title matches. There, you know, That's true. Uh, Jones Cormier. You know, we've still got Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo. Uh, as a title match there, which I'm super oh, yeah. psyched about. So pumped for that. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a quick one. That's the this is the guy. I know we said it so much. John Dodson, all these guys. This is the guy once again who's supposed to give Mighty Mouse that challenge, and I get you can't argue that he's not on paper gonna be that guy. But, I think for sure. And a lot of people think it might be too soon for him to get that shot. But at this point in time, like who else is there in that division? Yeah. They're they're running out of choices. Like they're doing an entire season of the ultimate fighter just to find him a contender. To your it's point true. right there. Yes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um yeah, that's an interesting part. And and Matt coaches have not been announced for that. I'm sure it would not be uh, DJ, because that would be quite weird. <laughs> yeah, DJ gets a whole six week of scouting <laughs> out who is going to be my contender. Um, I, I assume that it would you know be heavyweights or light heavyweights Some or middleweights one. possibly. Um, so so to that end, and, and Joe Boza is uh, giving me a note here. The rumor is that Dana is shooting for Fight Night '88 uh, for Tony versus Habib. Now, when, how far out would that be? Well, we just did a Fight Night '86, so Fight Night '88. What are you kidding me, man? Ottawa? That's assuming that uh, isn't isn't yeah. the main isn't Rory fighting the main event? 
Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. it wouldn't be the main, but it would be something yeah. to get those guys back on track. Yeah. But that's assuming but that Donald Thompson Habib, yeah, 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 yeah. would take precedence over that one. Oh, that easily. Edge. Like, yeah. Roy McDonald's a big draw in my country. So, like, you know, yeah. he's he gets top billing, no yeah. problem. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean yeah. specifically, you know, those guys on the card just simply to get him back on track. But that's a big assumption that uh, Khabib comes out uninjured yes. for the next one. And, and kind of a and fast it, turnaround there, too, no mm. less. And le- this is MMA. Yeah. He, that's assuming he wins. That's not guaranteed in this game. Very true. Yeah, fair point. 12-1 is, uh, is is not a record to sniff at. Yeah. Um, although I'm not quite sure who, who necessarily he's faced uh, in the past. This is a UFC debut, so that is a step up in yes. competition, no doubt. Um I'm looking at some of the others here. Tate Nunes, Amanda Nunes, contender for uh, getting getting the title shot against Amanda. T- uh, get, yes, excuse me, Misha mm-hmm. Tate. What do you guys think? There was a lot of talk about question about why why not Holly Holm. Um, you, you think that this was the right decision to go with? Hmm. For Misha Tate, yes, and I think I'm I'm gonna say why because one of her biggest things regarding her problems with the UFC prior to getting her title shot with Holly is that she has fought the most top ten opponents besides Ronda Rousey in that division. Mm-hmm. I feel like a win over Amanda Nunes raises her stock more rather than another victory over Hollywood potentially. Hollywood. Hey, I see what you did there. I heard it right when it came out. It's like, oh my goodness. I I'm not going to let that one get past me here. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I feel like Amanda, you know, that's another top 10 feather in Misha Tate's cap. And Amanda, yes, she's been up there for a while, but she hasn't. She hasn't looked as dominant as I felt she would following her win over Sarah McMahon. So I mm. feel like Misha Tate, she thinks the time is ripe to really just take out this top contender. Mm-hmm. And also, too, like, you know, I think it's a great idea for her to take this fight because, like, she wants to, like, you know, stay active. She doesn't want to wait around for mm-hmm. Ronda to come back. She doesn't want to wait for Holly, like, you know, to, you know, get better and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's I think this is a great fight for her. Um, I don't think it's a great fight for Nunes, personally. But well, like, it's a title fight. Yeah. It's a shot. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, of course, that's extra money for her yeah. in her pocket. Yeah. But like, you know, I think this is a great move for Tate, and like, you know, rightfully so, she should be the favorite. Right. Yeah. How about Cyborg? Ooh. 140 pounds. Here's some issues for us to chew on. Mm-hmm. Okay. 140 pounds catch weight. The UFC rarely does catch weights. Usually, yeah. it's in the scenario where it's a last minute replacement, and you know, we somebody needs those extra pounds to be able to to do the match. Um, and then, especially after all of the talk about 45 versus 35, Ronda versus Cyborg, she's making her UFC debut. It's a special, at least at this point, seems like a special one-time attraction. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think that that's the right play to make to to give her that catch weight? And what do you think? Presuming she wins. Um, which I know is, is, is a bit unfair because, you know, Leslie Smith, that's, that's the other question, you know, is the, the Les, is Leslie Smith a gimme match? Is, is that a, uh, a nice introduction to, uh, for Cyborg into the UFC or not? What do you think about what happens afterwards? And is Leslie Smith the right opponent? Well, I think anyone for Cyborg, to be honest with you, is the right opponent. It reminds me of that part. Whoever in, we can get, right? Yeah, yeah it, rem- it reminds sure. me of that part in, like, Jurassic Park where, like, they have, like, lamb or the sheep, like, in the cage, <laughs> and they're both to feed it to the raptor. Right. And then the raptor just tears it apart and there's nothing left of it. That's what Cyborg is like. Do you She's think the that that's what's going to... Uh, yeah. Certainly the case for many of her matches in Victa. Yeah. Do you think that that's going to be the case with Leslie Smith, though? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, to be fair, Leslie Smith is a great fighter. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, they're in Brazil. You're in her hometown. All these people have been wanting her to fight in the UFC for so long. And, like, you know, she clearly hasn't lost a step, like, in all of her fights in Invicta. Mm -hmm. It's not looking good for Leslie Smith. Hmm. It's not. You know, I, I agree with that. You know, definitely all the lights are on for Cyborg. And this is that one that could really, you know just boost her stock so much more and I think she knows that she's going to treat it like that you know unfortunately for Leslie Smith but um if you think about it you know we know it's 140 she has gone on the record ever since that Ronda Rousey lost you know noticeably she just isn't going to do 135 stop asking her about it mm-hmm. so you know what why not she's technically under contract with the UFC even though her fights are in Invicta Mm -hmm. I think the UFC took this as an opportunity to say you know what let's make this a super card let's get Chris Cyborg you know she's earned her payday let's cash in on that and make UFC 198 it's another can't miss card if you think about it oh yeah also you got Anderson Silva on that card we haven't Mm -hmm. even discussed that that's gonna I mean, if you're in Brazil, I mean, how can you miss that one? Exactly. <laughs> you can be far, far away. That's it's how. true. That's how you miss it. It's a big country. Uh, guys, we, did not, uh, we didn't get a chance really to, to touch base on the Frank Mir uh, USADA potential violation. Um, Frank Mir, after his match with Mark Hunt, um, tested, I, I believe, essentially tested positive. His A sample tested positive for a, a banned substance. He's having the B sample tested, which is the... Same from the same source, obviously, but uh, <laughs> so, uh, so an que- A and B separate. So my question: Kangaroos are suddenly a banned substance in Australia? Are kangaroos? He did. That, say- he was saying it's because a kangaroo. Kangaroo meat. meat? Frank Mir, kangaroo meat. That <laughs> is the reason. I mean. Come on, man. Well, well, I got to get a, a juice bit. kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Instagram has had fun with this one. I mean, I really got to see what where they go with this. For sure, he you know he's very uh, um, very upfront and adamant of saying, look, you know, hold the jury out, please, until I uh, uh, until the B sample comes back. But yeah. if he is if he does test positive on the B sample, that's uh, a two year violation, which he says essentially cancels. Yeah. yeah, you know, he he'll retire after that. Essentially, cancels his uh, fighting career. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, we will be back next week to discuss Tony Fur. Oh, no, not that one. <laughs> Rashad Evans versus uh, Glover Teixeira, UFC on oh, Fox wow. 19. Really looking forward to that one. Um, we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Ryan, real quickly, give us our Twitters. Where can we find the both of you guys? Awesome, man. You guys can find me on social media at RyanVentura604. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever, find me there. Yeah, good night, guys. I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at double G on TV. Just spell out double as it is below. Shout out to our people in the chat room, main cornerman Joe Boza, Nelly Gonzalez. Join us again. I know you will every time this guy is on. Uh, Eric Clark, Aaron Gray, River Takaro, please join us again. And as Ernie DeBella says, get out of here. I'm tired of looking at you. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Yeah, take care, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! 
views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.